Hello and welcome back to the Peak Too Early podcast, where unlike Leicester City, we're looking to end the 2020-2021 season strong. This week, as always, I'm joined by Blake Munchell. And yeah, look, this is the end, isn't it? Um, we finally got here, the end of the 2021 season, and it feels bittersweet, I guess. How are you doing, Blake? I'm good. I'd like to say a few things. Uh, first, Ooh, okay. the hilarity of saying 2020, 2021. Oh, yes. I know. Amazing. Terrible. Uh, it's so different from like 08, 09. Like, that's so nice and simple. 09, 10. Yeah. Easy. And then yeah. we're going to get to like 2020, 2022. Like, just yeah. insane. Second, uh, I'm on top of a mountain in one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. Uh, I'm recording from Acadia National Park in Maine. It was a pretty filthy, two-legged, seven-plus-six-hour drive up here. That's rough. Wow. And I don't have anything else to say. I am. Thank uh, you for having me. No, sure, sure. I'm still in Maryland, Uh, envious that you're up in a national park. While I'm down here drowning in cicadas and 90 plus degree heat. But nevertheless, we persevere. And um, yeah, we, we've got to the end. And I'm really looking forward to doing a little bit of a different pod today. Um, we're basically going, going to combine three things. Uh, looking at the final league table, recapping matches, and then also comparing to Blake and I's mid-season predictions um which should be fun but first i hate to do this to you blake but first i think we need to crown the inaugural winner of our what are we even calling it match day predictions betting show segment of the pod yes it is with a heavy heart uh that i must concede the title race uh oscar pulled out the big guns he beat me last week with plus four to extend his lead to plus seven to finish the season i say it's with a heavy heart but i suppose you're the one with the heavy head as you wear the crown heavy is the head that wears the crown as stormzy would say and i'll be gracious in victory i think um i think next season we'll have uh we'll be doing predictions but maybe switching up the format a bit um obviously yeah it's it's fun to do so we'll, we'll we'll be doing it in some shape or form but um yeah look i'll take it i think i i had a very good uh i had a good mid-season run uh where i was i was far ahead and um i guess it was just too much ground for you to catch up blake but uh best of luck next time i guess and i'll take it i'll take it yeah i would like to uh shout out the first time you bet or uh, you uh yes you know predict not a draw for West Ham you perfectly predict Perfect. the score line score line 3 nil West Ham and i guess yeah it was just written in the stars i suppose so uh yeah um but we can move on from that for your sake i won't gloat um do you want to get into my somewhat slightly elaborate system of incorporating these three factors into into this pod it's not that oscar say well yeah there is nothing i would like more let's do it okay all right listeners so you'll you'll be able to follow along so essentially what we're just going to do is we're just going to go through the the final table and that starts with um in first place manchester city uh crowned champions a while ago and they ended the season with a 5-0 drubbing of a horrible Everton side. Um, Aguero came off the bench to score a brace, mirroring his City debut where he did the same. Um, His first goal was a penalty box dribble and smash shot high into the net, and his second was a header. And KDB, Gabriel Jesus, and Phil Foden also scored as the Blues, well, I guess two Blues here, but City ended it in style going into the Champions League final. And so... Now we're going to just come now at this point, we're going to compare our midseason predictions to the actual final table. So obviously Manchester City in real life finished first. Blake, who did you have in the midseason predictions to finish first? It's not quite as bad of a prediction as it could have been, but I Mm. had Liverpool winning the title. 
And I also had Liverpool winning the title. And then what I was thinking now is in this, you know, little pause in the recap, if you want to have any justifications for your mid-season prediction, go ahead. Personally, I don't really have a justification for Liverpool. I think at this point in the season, they were just looking really good. And Man City were obviously um, still adrift. And, and that's why I put them up there. Uh, interesting, I see that we we flipped them, didn't we? Uh, our preseason predictions, we had Man City to win, so we should have stuck with our gut. It, yeah, it, you never should. You know, when uh, the, the door game, when behind one of these three doors is a car, you mm-hmm. pick a door, the, the host says, he picks a door that he knows the car is not behind and says, do you want to change your pick? You never yeah. change your pick. You never change your um, pick. Exactly, yeah. So, bullish game theory by the two of us. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so then the way it's going to work is back to City now. Uh, just some comments and maybe questions on their season as a whole. So the notes I have here are that I think City are going into the UCL final looking really strong. And then a fun one is that um, Aguero broke Wayne Rooney's record for the most goals scored for one team in the Premier League, which I was astonished by because I just automatically assumed that would be Alan Shearer, but apparently it is not. Yeah, Alan Shearer scored like 90 goals in two seasons with Blackburn. Mm, um, that's insane. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, he's just yeah. a ridiculous man. But um, do you have any comments on you want to have on City as a whole um, before I have a quick little question for you just their season i don't know pretty standard Um, i guess from them you know of the of the big six sides i think they're probably the only one that actually plays good football so yeah i I would agree with that yeah deserving that they won the title um they definitely Mm -hmm. play the easiest one to watch yeah um and i'll i'll root for them in the champions league final just because you have to because chelsea one chelsea are awful and two Man City play nice football, so. Agreed. Okay, so then my, my quick little question that you don't have to give tons of thought to is, um, you know, it's topical. Where does Aguero rank among the Premier League greats? Um, I think it's, yeah. I mean, I think this is something that we have to think about um, genuinely. Yeah, that's an interesting question because, you know, the number one striker in Premier League history yeah. is Alan Shearer, undoubtedly. Probably Henri um, second. Well, Henri the left maybe, winger, uh, and then yeah, Henri yeah. the striker were two different players. That's true. Um, but yeah, maybe top seven mm. Premier League strikers of all time. Right. Um, yeah. Although you get into weird stuff with like Wayne Rooney. Um, right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, like, what how do we define a? center yeah. forward and a striker but what i'll count wayne rooney and off yeah, the okay. top of my head i'd go uh not in any order alan mm-hmm. shearer sergio yeah. aguero yeah. uh wayne rooney les ferdinand thierry yeah. Henry, yeah. Yeah. uh cole andy cole yeah. and sir ian wright yeah 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 although i think i look back and think of I, I don't know if Ian Wright is quite Well he straddled that. um he was he was a little bit before, right? Uh because he, he yeah. played for Palace in the eighties. Um Yeah. Definitely a a great of the English game. I don't know about uh, the Premier League. But no, I would agree with you. Okay, yeah, no, good answer. I, I think I would agree. Um and yeah, Aguero's gonna he's going off into the sunset at least you know, Premier League wise and is about to sign a or I mean he's signed a deal with Barcelona. And that will be completed yeah. after the Champions League final. So, big news uh, that Messi yeah. is returning to Barcelona as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Supposedly, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know how um, true it is, but yeah, no. I uh, yeah. Thank you, Agu- thank you, Kun Aguero. Um, you've given us, you know, despite the fact you play for a top six side, um, some iconic memories. So, sayonara, I guess. Okay, into second place, uh, Manchester United. And they um, maintained their unbeaten away record this season with a 2-1 victory over Wolves on the final day. Elanga opened the scoring with his first goal for the senior side in the Premier League. Semedo pegged one back, but then Juan Mata, in likely his last game for the club, sealed the victory with a penalty. And 
as for my mid-season prediction, I had Manchester City in second. Um, yep. And who did you have? Uh, I had Leicester. Uh, mm. You know, I did not. I should have seen the collapse coming, but uh, uh, you know, you, I thought you they were going to maintain their uh, their second place status. We, um, uh, I believe they were yeah. in second when I made this prediction. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you they know, were. they almost did it, but then Newcastle yeah. were really the team that pulled in the loose thread. Yeah. So we all wanted it to happen, but unfortunately it didn't. I'm sure we'll get into that later. Yeah, you just let me know if you want to say anything about any of these games, but if not, I'll move. I'll just keep moving on. I'll just say uh, this match made a certain Premier League club 7.5 million pounds. Oh my goodness. And that was Newcastle. Wow. Newcastle. I didn't realize that. Yep. So, Man U themselves, they've had a lengthy, crazy season, I think, playing in a bunch of competitions, because obviously they played a lot in the Champions League, and then they played a lot in the Europa League. I think second place is a good achievement for Oli, um, who still has loads of doubters, which I still don't know if that's valid or not, to be honest. One thing I think he has done well, a la Southgate for England, is stabilize the club more this season, if we forget the UCL shenanigans. And then obviously the Europa, uh, the um, ESL stuff that that was out of not his fault. Um, I think next season they'll struggle for a title, but they'll remain in the top four conversation, especially if they strengthen, which it looks like they will. And yeah, um, I guess right direction for Man United. Uh, however much we don't want them to succeed. Yeah, he, um, I actually think he's kind of uh, talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Mm-hmm. He's a good scapegoat for manchester united because he can you know he pulls out results and he gets good league positions but as if as long as they don't win the title man united fans will say oh the only reason we haven't won is because you know we don't have a top class manager right um yeah well i mean they have lots of other problems so yeah no i i agree i think we there was one pod in particular where we were both just talking about how impossible it is to understand manchester united right now and where it's like they how long is it going to take for them to shake off like the standards that alex ferguson set and i don't know because i mean all these pundits like roy Keane, etc aren't that old and i'm assuming will be around for a while and as long as they're around you know the, the 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 magic of those ferguson years will stay alive and and really if you obviously if you compare those compare Ollie's, you know, this season's Man U to that Ferguson era, it's 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 chalk and cheese, but but if you compare it to it's sort of well, I guess eighteen other teams in the Premier League, um it, it's excellent. So yeah, I don't know where they'll go from here. Um my question is about Mason Greenwood, so I'll probably just skip over that. Um because we talked about him plenty of times. Um I'll be interested to see how he kicks on next season, but I'll leave it at that. But in third place, on the final day of the season, somewhat astonishingly, frankly, uh, landed Liverpool. And they snuck into the top four on the final day. Um, they beat Crystal Palace 2-0. Um, I watched the highlights of this. The team missed a ton of chances in the first half, but Sadio Mane eventually bundled home a goal before halftime and then added one in the 70th minute with a deflected shot. Cue the wild celebrations. Um, in third place... We both had the same team, didn't we? And that was Manchester United. Uh, not dreadful predictions from either of us, only one off. And yeah, that was pretty good, I think. Um, did you see this game? Have anything to say on it? I nope. Have... Nope. Yep. Yeah. Pretty... I was yeah. in a car the entire yes, time. Yes, of course. So yeah, I keep forgetting. Um, I've seen a handful of highlights, and yeah. that's it. The one thing I, I've Two things to say about Liverpool. First, the, I think they fell as low as 8th or ninth, So it is actually uh, pretty re- remarkable. Remarkable, maybe a bit too strong. It's impressive, I would say, especially given that centre-back partnership that they have to get back as high as third. I think it was Gary Neville on Match of the Day who was like, how the hell did Liverpool end up third? Which is, I agree with that reaction. Um, I wonder if it's down to them or more Leicester and West Ham in particular sort of falling away. Um, and then I just wanted to shout out, I don't, I don't, I think you have a bad relationship with this player, but Gini Wijnaldum played his final game for Liverpool, having written himself into Anfield legend over the past few years. And um, 
it'll be interesting to see where he goes next, I guess. Um, back to Newcastle. Yeah, back to Newcastle. My God, that would be sensational. I would uh, just yeah, ask, he's, no, go ahead. Yeah, he's a contentious player, um, or yeah, a controversial yeah, player in he Newcastle is. history. Mm-hmm. Um, he's seen in the the. He, his, the opinion on him is very much that he gave up on Newcastle. Um, yeah. And like he and Musa Sissoko are a large reason why we were relegated. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Really interesting. Both those players have yeah, gone on to but, do big things for, for top, yeah, top four clubs, right? Yeah. It's because in the 15 16 season, we were sitting like 14th with, mm-hmm. you know, nine points above the relegation zone and then just like none of the players were really putting in a ton of effort um and uh it just a, the, a season collapse like no other um steven yeah. steven mclaren mm-hmm. uh you know fighting with fans and stuff um, hate steve mclaren yeah cursing out the media yeah like just yeah. this wild 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 stuff um mm. and then they all like all like half the team left yeah um and so it was a dark time yeah. in newcastle history so he, they'll always be associated with that. it right yeah well nevertheless he leaves anfield yeah a, a legend really because of especially because of that barcelona game um but I'll, I'll pose a question to you and you can answer it in a snap snap judgment so if you had to make a prediction right now will liverpool be in the title race next season yes or no yes i think they'll finish second next season Ooh, nice oh i like that that's fiery all right. Um, in fourth place is possibly, not possibly, definitely the most disappointing um, of the positions, and that is unfortunately Chelsea. Um, <laughs> sorry, Chelsea fans, who, despite their final day defeat to Villa, retained that fourth spot heading into the UCL final um, this week. Um, Bertrand Traore opened the scoring against his former club with a loop shot over Mendy, and then El Ghazi put them 2 0 up from the penalty spot right after halftime for like his ninth goal in the Premier League or something, maybe 10th, which is quite impressive. Then Ben Chilwell grabbed... 10th. 10th, there you go. Ben Chilwell, Chilwell grabbed one back. Um, uh, Mendy was forced off through injury. Um, he's a doubt for the final now. Chelsea was scrappy and they'd lost their heads throughout the game. Um, Timo Werner, I recall, uh, made a particularly petty challenge. As for Lequeto, I think was sent off for hitting Jack Grealish, who obviously yes. played it up as much as he could, which was funny all around, I guess. Well, um, I, I mean, I think it's a like a very clear straight red. I think there's yeah, yeah, it is. a obvious intentional motion. I don't think he hit him very hard, but he's also wearing a hard cast on his wrist, so yeah, yeah. I think that not, probably not added to it. But uh, I mean, you can see Grealish's head snap back, and yeah. you know the three match suspension will be held up and season, administered yeah. for the first three matches in Which, next season. Which uh, so. probably won't bode well for Azbilicueta, who's possibly getting phased out anyway. But um, that's all detail that we can talk about some other pod, I think. Um, as for the mid-season predictions, I went for Tottenham Hotspur to land fourth, which is one of the more embarrassing predictions I made in the mid-season. Yeah, mine's pretty bad too. Um, I picked Man City, so... Well, at least you got. I was four. Yeah. four off, and you were three off. Uh, oh, so yeah. I guess technically that. my prediction's worse. Well, I don't know about or, that. Same same number of spaces, actually. Yeah, but but mine. Look, I think so. The the reasoning I have for that prediction is that they were. I think they were just flying high then, and that Kane Son duo were beginning to break records with their link up play. And I thought with the squad they have, they would creep up the table. And obviously, it went the other direction. I was wooed by. Jose Mourinho. As for Chelsea, um, strange season, obviously, uh, because they started with Lampard, dropped low under him, but recovered astonishingly under Tuchel. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone really saw it coming, right? Um, Mount was the sta- or was is the standout player for them this season, and at the same time, lots of players like Tammy Abraham and Olivia Giroud have been frozen out of the squad pretty much entirely. Um, yeah um do you yeah I, I mean we both hate chelsea so i'm not i'm not sure do you have anything to to say on them um well i think this bodes well for a team like west ham could because oh yeah uh there could be a frustrated tammy abraham yeah looking for uh, waiting you know, yeah 
in London wings, yeah, for you're right, you're right. a club that plays in brown mm. uh, to come snap yeah. him up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, New- Newcastle are always linked to Olivier Giroud. Maybe this is the year oh, we wow, actually get him in. So He would do well for you. Any, yeah, any French player with, any is French linked player. to Newcastle. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so then Chelsea's fourth place means Leicester's fifth place. And it was final day heartbreak again for the Foxes as they dropped out of the top four um, with a 4-2 defeat to of all teams, Tottenham Hotspur. Um, despite taking the lead twice through Jamie Vardy pens, they ran out of legs, basically, um, and were beaten by a late bail brace. Um, there was an in-game injury to Wesley Fofana that, Fofana that didn't help. Um, Madison's withdrawal at 2-1 up for Pereira saw them cede a ton of possession. Schmeichel made a ridiculous error coming out for a cross punching Rudiger in the head as he simultaneously <laughs> punched the ball into his own net. Leicester yeah, can we talk about that? Control. Yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, please. Um, I want to say it's like, you know, he's he's attempting to come out late and recover and punch a mm-hmm. ball out that, uh, you know, Rudiger is in prime position to head in. Uh, so he's already on the back foot. Um, and... You know, he yeah. kind of, if he stands there and does nothing, he is going to be criticized. So he has to come out for this. And he's under pressure as he punches it. So, yeah. technically, it is not the worst own goal. But with context considered, and I texted you this uh, yeah, as yeah, I watched yeah. the highlights, uh, it probably is one of the worst own goals of all time. I agree. Uh, I agree. I can only think of, you know, a certain English goalkeeper uh, mm. scoring an own goal oh, no. against the U.S. Mm-hmm. as an equally bad own goal, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's yeah. he's Mister Lester. Um, although maybe Christian Fuchs is Mister Lester. Uh, well, he's leaving now. Who so knows? Michael definitely is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a bad own goal. Yeah, the Schmeichel mistake I think was just indicative of the fact that Leicester and I watched a ton of the, I watched this game actually. They lacked control. Um, they were nervous basically, and Kane scored to receive the golden boot because Salah failed to score. Um, and Bale finished off that brace, took him to sixteen goals in all competitions this season. Um, like and like eleven and twenty in the Premier League, so he's still got something to offer. Um. As for our mid-season predictions, I went for Everton, um, probably hoodwinked by Dominic Calvert-Lewin's form at that point of the season. It was a bold prediction, considering I have recently called Everton the most boring team in the Premier League, um, and they're terrible. And so that was a bad prediction. And quite, uh, you know, quite the opposite of yours. I picked Chelsea, mm-hmm. which I think is a, a pretty good prediction. Yeah, a so. very good prediction. Yeah, almost. Um, Leicester, yeah, they'll be disappointed. I think the number of injuries they've had this season has defined a lot of their sort of form. So you 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 can look at Soyonchu, Ndidi, Madison, Barnes, Pereira, James, and Evans all missed pretty significant chunks of this campaign. I think Rogers can definitely be criticised, um, but I think there are plenty of mitigating factors that should be considered, sort of you know, going into next season and slash will mean that he, he definitely won't come under pressure to, to leave um, because of this failure. I think my question to you is, do you see this side, this Leicester side having a definitive end of the cycle now? Or do you think the way that the club recruits means that their competitiveness is just self-sustaining at this point? Well, I think they are, you know, potentially the best recruiting side in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, I really can't think of Man who City. would beat them other than Man City, but yeah. Man City, it's not like they have this the money, yeah, you know, world-class money. recruiting. They literally can just throw 50 million pounds at whatever player they wish. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, so they won the title in 2015, 2016, and they, uh, all the star players, they were able to replace them and become better. Um, 
And even with Jamie Vardy, who is a potential other Mr. Lester, uh, you know, you've got Kelechi Iheanacho waiting in the wings, who yeah. will be a phenomenal Premier League striker for a very long time. So, I hope so. I don't think this is, I think this is the end of, you know, the old guard, but it's not, uh, it's not the end of Leicester City, because I think they're probably the best run club in the Premier League. They have a super ambitious owner. They have one of the best training facilities. They have one of the best youth academies. They uh, have a ridiculous squad. They're super young. um, That I don't really know how they fail in the next few years. Yeah, no, well said. I agree. Um, Speaking of, well, no. I can't even segue because not really speaking of well-run clubs and also not speaking of failure. It is, um, let me introduce to you, the the greatest West Ham team of my lifetime. Um, finishing in sixth place is my beloved Hammers who cap off our best season ever in the Premier League and the best season of my entire lifetime in style. We beat Southampton 3-0 with a for now's double and a late Declarise third. Despite not being brilliant, we were comfortably better than Southampton, who are obviously insanely bad, um, who had nothing to play for as well. We're now in the Europa League proper and finished with our highest points tally ever, most wins ever, and highest position ever in the Premier League era. And I That's am buzzing, true. obviously. Is it not? No, you, you finished mean? fifth in 05-06. Oh yeah, joint, joint highest. So Nate finished oh, fifth. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm see. I'm that Ooh. giddy. The, the sixth Baked and fifth classic. doesn't doesn't even mean uh, doesn't. It's the same thing. It's the same thing to me, Blake, because it doesn't make. There is any no difference. difference. Um, did we really finish fifth? Wow. Um, I thought was I Harry Redknapp. Well, we finished um third under Harry Redknapp, but that was prior to the Premier League. Um, was Harry Redknapp still manager in 0506? No, that was ooh, that was what's his name? The guy that the one fell on did the he, floor. The one who managed you for like uh, six years, right? Crystal Palace. He, he managed you as well. Oof. Well, I mean, Newcastle had. We finished under Pardew. We finished that high up. Oh, that's excellent because we also we finished sixth under Pardew in 2011. So. Um, there you go. Well, he's a great manager, I guess, then, is the conclusion. So, yes, my apologies, then. I guess I am plastic. Um, except not really. Uh, but I, I got that wrong. Doesn't matter. I'm too happy to care. Um, yeah, look, I, uh, I've talked a ton about West Ham, obviously, already. Um, I'm, it's it, just a wonderful season. I got to share it with large swaths of it with my, with my family as well. Um, we, bought peacock so this is basically the first time i mean i think i watched every single west ham game live for the first time in my life pretty much maybe bar one or two um and just to see yeah to see them play so well and turn it around and to 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 see us smash great sides and compete with the best and have a real togetherness it, it is wonderful it's it's the best I don't really remember the the o five o six. I was living in the UK and we didn't have Sky and I lo- I loved West Ham, but I didn't know anything about West Ham really. Um, it's the best since the Pie era, and it's it's much better than that Pie era anyway. And so yeah, I'll I'll cherish it. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess I hope it kicks on. And but even if it doesn't, it's it's been a fairy tale. Um, I had as for the mid season prediction, Chelsea. Uh, and my justification for that is that no one saw Tuchel turning it around. Whereas, uh, you, yeah, I had Spurs, which is another yeah, pretty another good great prediction. prediction. Exactly. Um, um, they all post pod. I'll I'll count up the. Oh, you did extremely well. I I uh, I tallied them up. Yeah, you did very well. Um, uh, go ahead. I will say, you know, one I can hear the like when you talk about West Ham season, I can hear the giddiness in your voice um yes. which is great to hear uh you had a, a big week with west ham setting all these records for their club and graduating college and mm, it makes me yeah, happy okay. as okay. a good friend of yours to uh see you doing so well um, and uh 
you know, because I can't say anything sweet, um, I mm. have to follow it up by Please. thinking that it's interesting that you talked about Juan Mata scoring his last goal for the club, yeah. uh, but not mentioning Declan Rice right. scoring yeah. his last goal well, for the club. Me. I don't. I don't think so. Oh God, I haven't even thought of it. I don't think so. I reckon we'll have him for another season. Um, I think, like, I, I don't think Moyes is BSing when he says that it will take a ton of money to lift him out of the club. And I'm not sure that anyone, unless he has an insane Euros. If Declan, if England win the Euros and Declan Rice plays every minute and he, I don't know, scores or is just like a standout, then he will likely leave because one of the big boys will, will buy him. But I think we have a good chance of keeping him. So I'm going to just plow on and not think about it. And instead, I'm going to say that, uh, do I owe David Moyes an apology? Yes, probably, because I eviscerated him in the past, which I, I think he deserved because, you know, it's, it's David Moyes. But um, I think he's a genuine contender for manager of the season. I, I am not saying he should win it, but the turnaround is... I mean, it's ridiculous, really. And and the football as well that he's got us playing this season is remarkable. Um, and, and he did it without really, you know, I mean, we got Jesse in in January, but he did it without a ton of recruitment, um, especially in the defensive areas, which were, were our worst areas. I mean, it's just Craig Dawson, who, by the way, I and think... And so far? Uh, and, and so far, yes, that's, that's true. But... Um, yeah, no. I mean, it, it, he's so far so good that it feels like he's been at the club forever, which is which is testament, really, to to his impact. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 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 done brilliantly. So you have to applaud David Moyes, and I think obviously it'll be about how we kick on. Um, which you know, I don't want to spend too much time at West Ham. We've already spent a ton of time on them. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm interested to to hear how you think we'll kick on, especially now we're in the Europa League. Do you think we're in danger of a bad season? It'll be tough. We have a small squad, so yeah, it'll really be. Yeah. the The question is, you know, it's always hard for a club that breaks into the Europa League um, to, yeah. you know, compete on both fronts, um, and you either have to, you know, uh, be like let the Europa League whip your ass um, and, you know, try to stay afloat in the Premier League or you can try to be competitive in both, but that usually doesn't go too well. So, especially in a summer like this with limited funds, um, I'm worried, but uh, I think it, you know, sort of hinges on keeping Jesse next season or something. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it will mean Malay's at worst, and not relegation. Um, but anyway, next up, seventh spot is Tottenham Hotspur, who pipped Arsenal to, to that place and, and are now in the inaugural Europa Conference League. Um, obviously, they beat Leicester 4-2, so I will go, we'll go straight into the mid-season predictions. I put Leicester um, finishing seventh, um, which, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I somewhat sadly predicted the uh, Leicester bottling it again um which i i won't gloat about because i'm pretty upset about it who did you have uh everton which you mm. know it's the not Cup. it's not dreadful awful but it's not not a great prediction no it's it is what it is um as for spurs what a weird season frankly um Mourinho was around this season which obviously didn't work out um because his style of management is now clearly poison to English football in general. And yet, in patches, they were unplayable under him. Um, well, at least Harry Kane was, because he activated Kane like essentially no other manager has before. Um, I just want to say that Daniel Levy deserves everything coming at him right now. The hatred of the fans, the malaise, the failure. He deserves it. And yet, on paper, um, Spurs still have, I think, personally a, a better squad than most in the league certainly better than arsenal's who almost somehow finished above them in the table and i yeah it's a it's a pivotal summer yet again for spurs because i think the big question right now is will harry kane leave yes or no is that a question 
Yeah, I mean, you can answer it if I, you want. Uh, it's impossible no. to predict. No, you say no. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think I said yes on the last pod, so... You know, mm, I'm saying no this time around. I think, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah. I mean, we talked about it last pod, so we don't have to get into it. I think, obviously, the other big question is who the next manager will be. Um, Spurs are struggling right now, which is hilarious. And um, honestly, I don't, I hope they continue to struggle because the top six clubs need to change. And maybe, maybe just being terrible will be the catalyst for them, for these owners to sell up and, and for stuff to change. Anyway. From one mid-table club onto another, Blake. And this time, in eighth spot, it is Arsenal, who ended the season with a win against Brighton, thanks to a Nicola Pepe double. And despite the three points, they miss out on the Europa Conference League, which ultimately is probably very good for them. And this was another mid-season prediction that we both got the same, and that is Southampton. So bad. space. Dreadful prediction in the end. Um, although in our defense, I don't think anyone foresaw how bad the Saints would be this calendar year. Um, yeah. Do you want to say anything about Arsenal? Uh, I hope they, you know, circle the drain for seasons and then yes. get relegated yeah, and never come back up. Yep. They were laughably bad until about March. They're rotten to the core. Uh, the players clearly devoid of confidence and plenty of mistakes from Arteta saw them languishing down there. Um, weirdly, I feel like we have to say uh, they're second in the form table in 2021, which is revolting, uh, even more disgusting than Newcastle finishing 12th somehow. They gained a ton of ground on the top six. Um, they're like, you know, weirdly close points wise to West Ham. Uh, so what that bodes for next season, I don't really know other than it means that Mikhail Arteta is definitely staying an exodus seems to be on the horizon and I think we'll be seeing a very different looking Arsenal in the sense of lots of new personnel um, hopefully they will be the same old flaky Arsenal who lack as Troy Deeney so lovingly puts it cojones and yeah, yes okay yeah they'll start Joe maybe. Willick in the middle yeah well, maybe they will um yeah, okay, I Ninth guess we'll... We... Sorry? Ninth place. Ninth place. Yes, we'll keep going. Um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully this is the system is, is working okay. We're, we're speeding up now because um, we're, we're running out of games to recap. Leeds um, finish in ninth, and they wrap up an amazing season with that 3-1 win over West Brom. Goals from Rodrigo, Phillips, Bamford. Another horrible goalie mistake, actually, from the Phillips free kick. Um, but yeah, uh, I, in our mid-season predictions, had put Arsenal in ninth, which actually turned out to be quite a good prediction. Um, and you put... Aston Villa. Which, which was also a good prediction, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm happy. Look, I think Leeds are a joy, and it's been great watching them this season. Bielsa signed on for another year, which is fantastic. I wanted to just shout out Patrick Bamford, who has 17 goals and 8 assists in the Premier League which is more goals than he got in the championship last season, which is quite impressive. And yeah, do you have anything to say on Leeds? Yeah. Um, just because I'm a super bitter person. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Leeds were excellent this season. Uh, no one expects a recently promoted side to have the, the side that they do. But they are arguably the 12th to 15th best promoted side ever. Please... Everyone, stop pumping or start pumping your brakes. Yeah, yeah, Leeds are not the greatest promoted side ever. Statistically, it is quite clear where they rank, um, and it's just it's so annoying to see people, yeah. you know, harp on and on about Leeds. So, no, I, I get that, and I think it'll be interesting to see if Leeds will potentially be in danger next season. I'm going to say no, just because of obviously Bielsa and also the 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 team that they put together and I think the funds that they still have to add to it will, will be a significant factor um, going into the following season. All right, we have reached the 10th spot and it is Everton. Uh, I predicted Aston Villa to finish in 10th and Blake, you predicted... Leeds United. Which is another fantastic prediction from you. Um look well and actually a decent prediction for me as well but anyway i don't want to spend i want to spend like 15 seconds on everton um another boring flaky season from them 
I don't think it's ever going to end. It's probably pretty weird to think how good they were in patches this season. At the beginning, James was running the show. Dominic Calvert-Lewin was routinely compared to Inzaghi this season and got into the England side. But it's ended dreadfully, obviously with a 5-0 defeat. Ancelotti is accusing his players of not caring about the shirt and publicly stated that they need a rebuild. And it feels like they're in a perpetual rebuilding uh, state. And so Everton, I do not care about you and good riddance. Anything to add? Let me get my 15 seconds in. Go. Everton, every summer, excellent recruitment, great signings. Uh, you know, not super splashy, but, uh, you know, sensible, efficient signings, world-class manager, great training ground, great youth academy. Yeah. Every single season ending in failure. Uh, yep. They, and next season, they... 10th place side is not going oh. to retain these players and they are going to lose a good chunk of them. I like that. Um, going into 11th place is Aston Villa. I predict... Oh, we both predicted West Ham to finish in 11th spot in our mid-season predictions. Our justification for that collectively is that no sane person would think we were going to finish 5th. So there we go. Um, and yeah, speaking of West Ham, I think if we hadn't had such an incredible season... Villa would be one of the stories because Dean Smith has done a pretty amazing job, I think, guiding them to mid-table. They, let's be fair, they, they have money to recruit and so they, they actually have a very good squad. But um, look, the, at one point they were genuinely close to European competition. Um, injuries to Jack Grealish didn't help. He once again had a really, really good season. Um, they spent wisely and that probably only bodes well for them in the future. Uh, the only question for you I have is: Is any? Is, do you think there's any chance Jack Grealish goes, like, leaves this summer? No, no chance no. in hell. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And if you don't have anything else to say on Villa, which you might, I think we're at a very special club. Next, coming hot in twelfth place. Which in, you should take a look. Uh, yeah, yeah, a a jump that doubled the amount of prize money that Newcastle mm. United received. Um, this season from uh, 8 million to 15 million uh, Newcastle United jumped from 16th to 12th on the final day, just because of other results going their way. Um, All four clubs who were above them lost on the final day to give Newcastle United 12th place, uh, which blew my mind. I was like, there's no way it could happen. Um, Unfortunately, this will result in, you know, uh, Bruce the Stain. Bruce yeah. fanatics, uh, you know, pointing and saying, see, we told you. All of uh, English media, apparently. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it was still a horrendous season. Uh, no, no football supporter should have to, you know, like dread turning on the football game. There are so many matches I missed this season just because I was like, I don't want to watch Newcastle play. Yeah. Um, it just sucks. Um, stuff like the, you know, the loss to Brentford's C team yeah. uh, in the FA Cup. My God. That will go down as one of the worst matches ever played in English soccer ever. I can't. Um, I, I literally can't think of anything worse than a Premier League side starting their full strength eleven against a Championships C club because they were resting for the Championship. And getting smashed. Yeah. Um, Terrifying. It, it was an awful season for me um, with, you know, bright spots of yeah. Willick, Wilson, uh, Almiron, and, of course, Alan St. Maximin. Um, yeah. um, it also saw, you know, a decent return from Joe Linton. And uh, yeah, that's a lot of players have, you know, career renaissance like Jacob Murphy and Matt Ritchie. Um, but... Uh, you know, there's not, it's not a position where there's any momentum and it doesn't look like we're going to kick on and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be another relegation scribe next season. So, well, you know, we'll celebrate the number. I won't celebrate the position. All right, then. Well, there you go. Well, at least, you know, clear blank slate. Well, not really a blank slate because you have baggage for next season, but. You can start again, and you're in you're in the right league at least. 
Um, as for the mid-season predictions, I put Wolves, which actually turned out to be a pretty good prediction. And you put Blake? Arsenal, which is also a good prediction because I think Arsenal and Newcastle are about the same, the same level. level. Yeah. Um, speaking of Wolves, in 13th place, uh, Wolves. Um, I put Leeds to finish in 13th. And Blake, uh, ding-a-ling-a-ling, you put Wolves to finish in 13th, which, uh, kudos, is, is that, a very impressive prediction. Is that the first correct prediction made? It is, in fact, the first uh, correct prediction made. And don't you worry, there will be plenty more coming from you. Uh, you did very well in the mid-season predictions. Um, nice. Wolves have regressed this season, and a cycle clearly has come to an end with this club. Nuno's resignation slash leaving the club, whatever, um, means that they're definitely looking to rebuild. The Jimenez injury and Jota leaving definitely didn't help. Their defense, which was once lauded and sent them into Europe, essentially, has been very poor. There's a weird blend in this team of very young players and then veterans that doesn't quite gel. So I think they just need a, they need a signings, essentially, to just revitalize. Also, they've played some of the most horrible football I have seen, I think, ever this season. Um, and I have nothing really more for, like further to say about them other than, I guess, a question for you is, what do you think is more likely? Do Wolves bounce back or do they regress further? I think there'll be a slight bounce back this next mm. season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, they're quite stable monetarily i believe Mm -hmm. um and they do have players returning but we'll see in what sort of capacity um and you know i could see them i could see them you know signing some young kids who really help push the squad back up but i can also see them signing some kids who yeah you know don't actually contribute anything uh they're a, a side who sometimes play like they're from Lisbon and sometimes they yeah, play like true. they're from the Midlands. So, Which, yeah, yeah uh, very true. Yeah. They're a weird um, squad. Yeah, they are. They are. As are in 14th place, Crystal Palace. I will swoop in and say I predicted Newcastle to finish in 14th place, which wasn't terrible, but Blake. Who did you? Ding, 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 ding. Dingling ding, 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 again. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Very impressive. Which. Um, yeah, yeah. I was so high on Crystal Palace all season that I'm surprised I picked them to finish 14th. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was the correct decision. Um, Roy Hodgson in his final game as a manager, probably. Um, once again, guides Palace to safety. And once again, Palace are very up and down. Um, sometimes they played great football with great players like Zaha and Eze. Sometimes they played very bad stuff. Um, I mean, you know, 2021 saw... Christian Benteke's revitalization, which I don't think anyone saw coming, but is fun. I think the the biggest thing I have to say about Palace is that they're at an extremely dangerous crossroads because they have 14, 14 first team players out of contract this summer. And the managerial appointment is a big issue. If they get it wrong, I think they they go down. They get 20th. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to say on them. Uh, managerial options you think are good. What do you think? I don't have any major- managerial options unless they want to take Bruce off Newcastle's uh, hands. But <laughs> I will say, you know, 14 players out of contract, that's a hard situation for any club. But yeah. if any club is to survive it, it might be Crystal Palace because yeah. they've got like so many bad players in their, in their 25-man squad. They do. Um, like Joel Ward played like he's thirty matches. Yeah, no, he's the starting right back on Origin. So. so, you know, I'll never bet against Crystal Palace, which it uh, it's the ship I'll go down on. So no, yeah, we'll no, see, we'll see I, in, I, I like Crystal store. Palace. My aunt lives right next to the stadium, and I know that the it's a very community oriented club. Uh, it's well, it's well run. Um, they just have no money, right? So the, all these players leaving. Um, I, I don't know how they replace them, really. But into 15th place is Southampton, uh, which is crazy to... I mean, just so low. In the mid-season prediction, I put Crystal Palace, which was a good one, uh, only one place off. And you put... Oh, also only one Bright- place off. Yeah. Brighton. Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, they're sort of rivals, except not really. 
Look, we've spoken about Southampton a lot, I think. They've had an extremely odd season. Obviously, they were top at one point, but also they tanked. They lost 9-0 again. I don't really know what else there is to say. They're probably going to lose Danny Ings. They have a squad full of, frankly, I mean, B-listed, talented youngsters, right? Uh, you know, not the top tier of, of the under-20s. They need investment, yet they don't have money. I think it could be an ominous future for the club. And Hasenhutl, stay or go, I don't really know. Just overall very strange for Southampton this season. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. All right. That's fine. We can go straight into 16th then, which is Brighton and Hove Albion. And ooh, ding-a-ling-a-ling for me, I actually predicted Brighton to be in 16th place. Um, And you predicted... Newcastle, which it's yeah, not a bad prediction. Probably wow. where they should have been. Yeah. Yeah, four points. Yeah. Yeah, under no circumstances should Newcastle have smashed be... Leicester. So, no, exactly. You know, yeah. Newcastle should have finished on 42 points in yeah. 15th place. So, um, no, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, they Brighton lost obviously to Arsenal 2 0. We've also talked a lot about Brighton. They've definitely underperformed this season. They should have scored way more goals. Potter can't be happy, but I, I guess I agree that they, they probably have improved footballing-wise from last season again. Signings like Danny Welbeck and Adam Lallana, I, I actually think are pretty shrewd. Awful. Um, I know, I like it. I, I'm Ooh. into it. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I am. Just not even as like, not, not as the players that are driving it forward, but as, as a team that needs to stay in the Premier League. If you, you know, you don't want to recruit more than, what, th- two or three players of that ilk, but, you know, it, it, it probably attracts a crowd and whatever. I, I quite like it. I, I, I like it. Um, all in all, I, 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 obviously, I really like Brighton because they're well run. They have a good philosophy. Um, I think they could kick on, but I think Potter's reign will likely be all about Premier League consolidation slash establishment rather than pushing for any trophies. And yeah, I guess, I guess that's just how it has to be um, at the Amex. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think they're a club with, you know, correct investment could be yeah a stalwart of the premier league but yeah without it will be relegated so yeah it kind of i don't know much about their owners or anything Um, they're very they have very good owners i will say um i think there you go consortium and they're all about like economic stability and self-sustaining everything i don't know so it's a it's a very forward-thinking progressive club which is why i like them and also, you know, Brighton is just a cool place in England. But okay, let's. We're getting into the fi- finally. Uh, thanks for sticking with us into the final um, few places here. And now it's when our predictions, or especially yours, just get perfect. Seventeenth um, place, Burnley. Uh, we both predicted Burnley to finish in seventeenth in the mid-season predictions. Um, this club has regressed in the table over the last couple of years. Obviously, they were playing Europa League football a few years ago. Um, but look, that's only to be expected, I think, because the previous owners. Um, and their lack of money. Now they've been taken over. Maybe there can be more investment in the club. Um, I guess I'll say, even though I don't like Daesh very much, he's he's a great manager, does wonders with that team. Not to be patronizing, but I think the Premier League needs clubs like Burnley, right? Actual, proper football clubs instead of these commercialized, franchise-driven clubs that occupy most of the top six. Uh, sorry, top 10 every season. Um, I Look, I think location and stereotype is a huge problem for them because... No offense, who wants to go to Burnley? But uh, yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on them? No, I I agree. They're like a, you know, like people take the mick with the full Brexit football four four two, yeah, double studs up, cunt these bastards. But I, yeah. uh, like, I agree. It's like a super traditional to the roots. They're like a Sunday league football team playing yeah, in in the Premier League. Like yeah. it's something that you would just like, you know, you throw the big lad up top, you throw the heaviest dudes in the back line, and you say, "Got there, be defensively solid." Yeah, hoof the ball up, win one nil. Uh, yeah, it's a, a classic. Well, I think so. What I'm interested, and we don't have to spend too much time on it, but what what do you think a successful rebuild looks like for Burnley, realistically? Now that they have a bit more cash, like what does it look like? I, I'm, you know, is it just keep playing this dice style 
or just this kind of football or do they try and re sort of i don't know change the culture of the club uh, what do you think um you know you have to get younger first yeah um, that's true i think old. you're gonna see there has to be this middle transition um i think they're gonna have to transition to sort of the same style with younger players so wingers yeah. who are you know good traditional crossers um strikers who make good runs and are good headers of the ball but you can have you know like super talented young players who do this style of football and do other things well right um so you know burnley play they need their strikers to make good runs into the box work the space between the central defenders find some space um and there are plenty of like really good young strikers out there it's just can you attract yeah. them to your football team um they they need two central midfielders who run really hard um and you know are kind of chippy and there are plenty of young football players who play like this um where yeah, they can you know modernize is uh you know the modern fullbacks um which they definitely need um mm -hmm. Uh, but then they've got like a really solid backline and goalkeeper. So there's the makings of a really good squad in there. They just one need to get younger and two, they need to, you know, balance this line between maintaining the system they have and, yeah. um, you know, being able to play in ways other than like, cause if it doesn't work for them, it just doesn't work. So they need yeah. to, you need to have some sort of complexity to your style. Yeah. I agreed. And then, yeah, look to, Okay, in the interest of time, and not no offense, but I'm I'm lumping in the 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 relegated trio. 18th place Fulham, 19th place West Brom, 20th place Sheffield United. Blake has the perfect triple threat, perfect predictions. I switched Sheffield and West Brom for the hell of it. Um, yeah, uh, Sheffield United bowed out with a one nil victory, um, uh, uh, with a with a nice McGoldrick goal. I'll let you sort of pick out any narratives or any opinions from any of these teams, but I, I don't have much to say on them that I haven't already said. Yeah. Um, you know, what was at one point a super competitive, any side from 12th to 20th could get yeah. relegated. Relegation battle, it turned into the earliest relegation we've ever seen in the Premier League um, of all three sides. Uh, and it's a, a mix of sides that got relegated. Um, you know, Sheffield United mm. were the leads of last season, um, and it just yeah. utterly yeah. collapsed this season. West Brom are a side that I think of a lot like Burnley, like super traditional old school football. Yeah. Um, and they're an example of it not working in the Premier League. Um, and then Fulham are this, you know, B-Tech Brighton yeah. who... Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, that's accurate. It's just they can play excellent football, but when the going got tough, they utterly collapsed. Yeah, um, they did. And so, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. I think it's it goes, one yeah. of the worst Premier League seasons we've seen in a long time. So. I think. Uh, look, I think I think it makes sense that it is because of the circumstances surrounding it. Um, no fans all season, etc. I think we we can hark up or cast our minds back and, and, and remember all the, the crazy goals that were happening at the very beginning I guess a product of the fact that it probably felt more like training games than, than ever before yeah strange season but one that I have enjoyed immensely um, in no small thanks to this podcast that I've been doing with you so uh, yeah and look that's a I guess that's a wrap for the 2020 2021 season for the peak too early podcast um at least with with teams wise um i don't know if you want to go over our absolutely dreadful extra predictions quickly um, yeah let's real quick go on then take the lead on that you can so for the fa cup we both predicted tottenham hotspur mm, to yeah. win uh obviously won by leicester city yes um uh, for the golden boot you picked mo salah with so 20 goals yeah. i picked jamie vardy with 22 yeah. uh you were close jamie on the goals yeah he ended with 15 harry kane yeah. 
finished uh, top with 23. 23. Mo Salah got 22. So you were very close. I was close, yeah. Most assists, uh, you went Harry Kane with 16. And you were right name, wrong number. I put Kevin De Bruyne, who uh, tied for second place. So nice. Um, you know, not a bad prediction. And then player of the season, yeah, I don't know cool. when those awards are announced. Uh very soon. Uh, yeah. But soon. uh we both predicted Bruno Fernandes. He might still get it, but I doubt it. I don't think so. Kane Harry will Kane it, will right? undoubtedly yeah. win. The greatest no one, statistical no Premier League before. season yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Um, you know. Yeah. So I guess, you know. There were some amazing parts of this season. It wasn't all horrendous. No, um, it wasn't all horrendous. Harry well, Kane not. was... Sam. <laughs> I historically have hated Harry Kane, mostly because mm, of his gigantic chin and his mouth breathing. So, but... Uh, what a player. What, you know, a player. what a player, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, I just... I hope he leaves Spurs. For him, I hope he leaves. And you know, I hate Spurs, so... Yeah. Um, where to now? Where to now? I mean, we're bereft now, aren't we, without Premier League? But I think, you know, we surely have um, one more Wonder Kid quiz to do before the end of, um, yeah, the, the Premier League peak too early podcast season. Um, so, yes, I did not have time to put together a, uh, you know, a full five set questions. of five questions for Oscar Sable because I was in a car with no yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah. So um, this player is, you know, he's one of the players who, you know, when I got into football, he was mm, pretty damn good. He started his youth career at Millwall before joining Gillingham in 2003, where he made his first senior appearances. He played 110 times for Gillingham. Wow. He then moved to Wolves, where I knew him. He played 164 times. Wow. Before a record, not a record signing, but a, a massive signing for the time. 8.8 $8 million, I believe it's uh, West Ham's 30th highest transfer ever. Okay. Um, which is ridiculous that it's only 8.8 million. Yeah. Um, he played 78 times for West Ham, scoring okay. four goals before joining Norwich. And he is now at oh. this club. Know, Can you tell me where one yeah. Matty Jarvis is? Matt Jarvis, yeah. He's uh, playing in the National League, isn't he? And he is yes. playing. All right, come on. Come on, end it strong, Oscar. Okay, I have a club in my head. Mm, and I'm going to go for it. Woking. Ooh, an interesting football club that it's pronounced that way. I would have assumed Woking just because the English are dumb. Uh, <laughs> yes, he plays for Woking? Yeah, Woking. It's strange. Oh, what a right. weird... Yes. Woking. Why would you say it that way? Uh, I don't know. Glenn, it's a normal honest. way. It is. Uh, it is Woking. I can. Uh, I can assure you that. Um, I am massive. Frankly, that ends what can only be described as as a very solid season of uh, uh, guessing where players play that were ex Wonder Kids. Um, you play too much FIFA. I do play too much FIFA, but look. Um, yeah, he, he was a great player in his day. Very good for us as well. We loved him at West Ham. And I have to say, Blake, um, it, it has been excellent, you coming up with all these Wonder Kids. Um, it's a, been a standout segment. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you. Yeah, the thing is, at some point, I have to run out of Wonder Kids. I just have to well, get like more and more that. obscure. You say that, but I don't know. I feel like there's plenty of them. And they'll keep creating themselves. So Yeah. I think in this off season, I'll create like a huge list. Yeah, like I'll just list. go through like every club who's played in the Premier League in the last fifteen years and just go through their transfers and yeah. see what kind of strange names I can find. 
Yeah. Um, it, interesting that, like, why was he so loved at West Ham? He was just because um, he's a grafter. Yeah, he, he like, was a grafter essentially. Um, but he yeah. had a little bit of skills to him. Um, he's as well. And he was a great community. Um, he just super invested in the community. I know that he was like kind of a, I guess, a little bit of a pioneer in a way. He was uh, one of the first footballers to just openly, I know he was interviewed for, for Attitude, which is a big LGBTQ plus uh, like magazine in, in the UK in, in 2013. Um, and he, he's done a lot of activism with uh, discussing sort of homosexuality in football and and uh, and the the LGBT um, scene in football uh, in the UK, which is obviously extremely underrepresented. So he's just a he seems like a good guy, basically. And um, yeah, that's why we liked him. Grafter, humble, good recipe for for a footballer. Yeah, I only know two things about him: one that he's a LGBTQIA plus advocate and two yes. that both of his parents were number one ranked yeah. in the world yeah, yeah. for ping pong yeah i know pretty crazy um, which i'm a pretty good ping pong player myself so you know nikki and oh. linda yarvis uh oh. wow. well <laughs> i'm calling you out on the pod come play me yeah <laughs> jeez <laughs> wow back yourself mate that's uh i, I i'm i'm impressed Okay, Oscar, so well, yeah. I think that wraps it up, unless you have anything else to say. I don't, other than, than a huge thank you to you and everyone out there. And um, don't worry, we're not even going to be, I mean, we won't be uploading probably as frequently as we have been this season, but we, we won't even be taking a summer break, will we? Because we'll be out with plenty of pods over the next couple of months and then straight back into, into it for, for next season. So I can't wait. Just continues. Ye Yes, I don't know if we've said this, but the plan for the offseason is to do sort of in-depth dives on all 20 Premier League sides, yeah. including the recently promoted ones, and hopefully that not only teaches us a ton about each side, but yeah. uh, you know, we'll have guests, hopefully, and yeah, uh, it should all be some good fun. Yeah, uh, and, then, and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do a few about, about the Euros, I'm sure, as well. Um, especially if, if it's an exciting competition. So there's plenty to come. Plenty to come. Yes. And with that being said, this wraps up episode 27 of the Peaked Too Early podcast. Wow. Um, we will be taking a one-week break uh, or two weeks, depending on you know when we can... Depending, yeah. Yeah, also, turn these things out. But uh, until then, until follow then. us, email us, um, leave us a review. And take care. Stay safe. Take care. Bye. I'm standing. <laughs>